Hello, hello, alright. Well, welcome back, Jack J.R. Davidson, um, for what I'm excited about. An episode I've been very excited about, um, with a movie that's a little bit different. But before we get into that, I gotta ask, Jack, what are you drinking tonight? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on again. Always a pleasure, always a fun time. I think now I am, uh the fourth this is the fourth time in a row yes that you've had me yes uh so i'm ready to jump in but yes i am drinking my usual gin and tonic usual gin and tonic keeping it real i can't say much um because as per usual i'm having a nice lovely mug <laughs> of appleton estate signature blender um with dr pepper uh, something I highly recommend. I love... This has been something I've been really big on lately. Taking a dark rum and adding it in with a cherry cola. Um, it's even better if you can get like a little bit of a cherry syrup splashed in there. Oh, I don't know what it is. A little bit of a cherry kick really really plays well with that rum. How many how many um, uh, flavors are in Dr. Pepper? <laughs> 20, 23 flavors. 23 flavors. Thank you. Just to revisit that, that one. I did not know. Uh, give that... Give that clarification. So, the other thing real quick before we dive in that I just want to go ahead and get out of the way. Uh, if you've seen our social media, our Twitter page, you already know this. If you have not, uh, now you're finding out. So, my regular co-host, Dustin, um, unfortunately has departed the program. Uh, some real life just got up in the way. Uh, we hope to see him return at some point, and uh, we'll certainly welcome him back with open arms at that point. Uh, and in the meantime, we just wish him well on uh, on everything he's out there doing right now. So, uh, But with that, we're going to see probably some changes coming to the show, mostly in terms of seeing uh, a little bit of a rotation of co-hosts. So uh, that starts today, as we just said, with the return of one Mr. Jack, J.R. Davidson. Um, and we are going to be talking about uh, a movie that I've seen once before. Jack, if I remember correctly, you have not seen this movie before. This was my first time. Your first time seeing this movie. Had you... And we briefly chatted about this, but did you remember this movie, like, when 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 I brought it up to you? Uh, I gotta say, it kind of feels like a, like a dream. Like, uh, I remember watching the trailer, but then just never heard about it again i think it was at Cannes film festival and got kind of a mixed it was like a mixed response i don't know if people liked it or loved it or what but um yeah i i also feel like this movie maybe maybe it's because 2020 was a a shit show uh but i just feel like it came out like last month i feel like but you know it's 2019 and so maybe it just went under the radar of a lot of people but yeah i, do, I don't remember i think i told you i watched a trailer but yeah i just remember the cast i think that's the thing you take away from is like oh yeah there's just a bunch of actors that are like really like really talented actors in this movie oh yeah that i guess is a spoof on horror and that's the that's the premise that's the premise just to get a bunch of actors together um in this deadpan uh, dry comedy yeah so since we haven't said the name of it yet i will uh, the name of the movie we're chatting about today, The Dead Don't Die, uh, starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver, in the, which, keeping in mind, 
this is in the midst of Star Wars still being really huge at the time. Um, you have some a return of one of my favorite actors, uh, Mr. Steve Buscemi, uh, gets a nice little role in here as well. Um, but then you just have this conglomeration of a lot of other people. You have Iggy Pop in, in the movie. Danny Glover. Danny Glover is in the movie. Um, Selena Til- Gomez. Selena Gomez. Just, Tilda yeah. Swinton. Crazy. Just this, this insane cast. Um, and then, yeah, I think you nailed it. Super dry pan comedy, right? Like black comedy at its best um in terms of what this is going for uh well i guess we'll discuss if it pulls that off (laughs) but but yeah like so relatively speaking though you walked into this movie cold so what were your thoughts going in like what you know you're coming into this i've talked to you very vaguely about it well as everyone knows i'm not a big trailer person so i do remember seeing this trailer kind of but there was enough time in between um, then and now that I kind of just remember the main premise. Um, but yeah, I don't know if maybe I would have liked to rewatch the trailer before this. Um, I don't know. I think it was still an enjoyable experience. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you're going to have to tell me, do you think the trailer gives anything away other than, like, there's, I don't know. We we can talk more about the plot or lack thereof, but it's just, what do you think the trail? does the trailer have a different tone than the movie? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. So I know, you, so we had briefly chatted about this right before I hit record, right? Right before we started. Um, that trailer sets you up that, oh, this is going to be like this really, like, really kind of absurd satire comedy movie. Like the trailer really played up the comedic elements of the film, which are certainly there. Um, but I think that there is a very different and maybe maybe this was just me being naive on the on the matter. The feeling I remember having from the trailer was, okay, this is gonna be a like a fun, dumb comedy. Um, and that was not what this film was. This film was a, a just master class of subdued. Like everything about this movie is so subdued (laughs) and, and I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that that is a fact. Like there is nothing that is just yeah it's all just like everything is handled so deadpan so so just just taking it straight on the on the chin right like there is no fluff to it yeah it's so subtle in everything every single thing and i always notice the score right away we can talk more about the the song the dead don't die that kind of strings throughout this movie but even just the score it's very like not relaxing but kind of just there and very straight laced, right? Yeah. Like, like, like there's this not is much... the straight man for every every like comedy duo right here. This is that's what this is. Like they, they take every joke just so straight laced, but in a really well done way. Yeah, I think and everything is that way. The music, the acting, honestly, uh the the way they kill zombies is even like almost in slow motion and without much passion. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I I <laughs> kind of feel like there wasn't much conflict in this movie, and that that's how I felt, is because it did feel like we were just on a ride. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, like a slow ride <laughs> that was just chugging along. I think that it worked, if that's, you know... The director Jim Jarmish, if if that if that's what he was going for, like you said, he nailed it. It was an A plus. Um, I have not seen right. any of his other films. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen anything of his before either. One of, one of the reasons though that I was really interested in in having specifically you do this movie with me um, is both of us in the past have expressed interest um in a an appreciation for anthologies um and in its own way like this is kind of in that same vein right of that like this is all just happening like there there doesn't have to be a big like a big overarching uh, villain per se like this is just this is all just happening um and so just knowing that you you had an appreciation for that kind of work in the past, you know, I think back about, like, one of the reasons that both of us have talked about liking the Coen brothers, right, is that it's just very grounded in, like, hey, your life's not always going to be satisfying. Um, and I just felt like this, this exudes a lot of that, but, like, amped up to, like, 15, <laughs> you know? Uh, like, they just kept on cranking it. Um, and, and I think it's effective, though. I really think yeah. it's effective. I think with the Coen brothers, you still, like, I, I'll, I'll say, like, let's focus on the pace of the movie. With Coen brothers movies, there's, um, there's some dynamic to it, like, it, it speeds up, there's bursts or scenes of uh, energy, and I'll go back to, like, the conflict between two characters, I think, is always there with the Coen brothers. With this movie, it was just kind of like, which, like I said, isn't necessarily a bad thing, and I'll explain later, but... The big conflict is, okay, there are zombies. And that's about it. Like, and that's the movie. Like you said, it feels kind of like an anthology because these characters are separated, which is kind of a trope of horror movies, as you would know. Oh, I'm going to stop and say that, like, you... I, I like horror movies, but you like horror movies, and so you know horror movies. And so that's the other thing about this movie is I feel like it's such a niche film. Like, it... It's not just a spoof, but it's a spoof about horror. And so in that way, like, every spoof is a niche oh, it is. movie. Because, it, like, all these jokes, like, if we have friends that don't watch horror movies because they don't, they, they don't want to. And, like, if, they, if you sat them down and watched this, you might be able to get them to, to do it because it's not really that scary because it's, you know, more of a comedy. But, like, right. in the scene... Uh, at the gas station when it's Selena Gomez and her friends uh, walk in. Right. And um, Bobby Wiggins, uh, the Caleb Landry Jones character, uh, he's wearing a, like, he's wearing a notcher, or, uh, Nosferatu? Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Thank you very much. Um, but he has a Nosferatu shirt. He comments on um, the motel uh, being like the Bates Motel. And then he uh, talks about the car being very George Romero. And so it's just like in one scene, bam, 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 like three references to horror movies. And so uh, like 
our friends, some of our friends wouldn't get that. They wouldn't enjoy that. I enjoyed that because I knew all three of them. And it was like, bam, bam, bam. And so I think that was um, enjoyable to me. But if you're talking about the overall pace where we have some characters that just don't even meet and we have some storylines of some characters that just go nowhere um, and you start to ask yourself, like, why are these actors that are really good in this movie why are like you said you like steve buscemi's character i did not i thought it was so flat well, i, did, I didn't say was... i liked his character i said i like steve buscemi okay but if you like if you're excited about that actor coming in didn't you feel it was a waste oh man in a way that though all right i'm glad you asked that question because that leads to the the conversation that i've been having with myself since this movie isn't isn't that part of the joke though? Like isn't that part of the joke of this movie? Like this movie, the whole fucking the whole thing basically serves as to to just be a part of a like it's a joke laughing in the face of society going this movie was as pointless as all of we are, right? Like that was what this movie was saying. Like this is all pointless and we don't care about anything anymore. And now you just spent an hour and 45 minutes of your time on something absolutely just a waste. An absolute waste. So isn't it part of the joke of the movie to take these fantastic actors and put them in these roles that you're sitting there going, why? Why, given your body of work, would you do that? Like, it's 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 all a part of the joke, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think in a sense, like, all spoofs kind of have that... Uh afterward feeling to him like why did i just watch this other than it's funny and i'll be honest i didn't laugh that much during this movie um which i know what you're saying is like okay yeah uh, these a actors are given so little and so that adds on to the joke of like oh haha ha, it's pointless it's it's kind of like trying to get a reaction out of you like what what because <laughs> i i did not audibly say what uh throughout this movie but i was thinking it um that Here, being said, I, I was interested. I'm, I'm going to throw this statement out there, and I'm curious what your reaction will be. And maybe you saw this coming. Um, What was it? Freshman, sophomore year of college, and we went and saw a little thing called Square One, if I remember correctly. Oh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and at one point, I leaned over to you and went, what the fuck are we watching? Yep, yep, nope. Nope, no. Do you recall? No. Do you recall that time, Mr. Davidson? I do, and I just want to say I love theater. I'll watch any theater, and I'll love okay, it. Okay, absolutely. And so, I think the reason you like this is because it's about horror. Wouldn't you say that? It's no, really absolutely, absolutely. So that no, that's what I'm getting at though. Like that was it was just really funny to have that juxtaposition with you, a like personally, um, but it was just. I, I thought of that when I left this movie. I thought of that show. And it wasn't that I didn't like Square One. Um, it just was like that was not what I was prepared for at all. Um, the, the commentary was so strong. And that was how I felt about this movie. Was Boy, it is just... Its social commentary message is there and it wants you to know it. <laughs> And it is very happily, just blatantly in your face. And it is droll as shit. Because that is its social commentary. Um, 
but man I, uh, yeah uh I, I get i get what you're what you're saying overall um because i've had like kind of a an internal uh battle with with why with how i feel about this movie too I will say that, like, while I have issues with the story, and that's the other thing, is I'm a writer, so, like, I, it just happens when I'm watching anything, I am hyper-focused on th the structure of the overall story. And so I think uh, the ov the overall problem I had was just that, like, what you're saying is, like, oh, this whole thing is pointless. Um, and I don't know when you want to get into it, but it, I guess it's a it's a, supposed mm -hmm. to be a movie within a movie, and like oh the, these there's actors which which there are seeds planted. I will have to give props to there are seeds planted throughout the movie of okay like these people are like it's not necessarily breaking the fourth wall. I guess it is kind of a a version of that, but it's like they're self aware, and there's there's a line like well I guess what we could say is Ronnie. Adam Driver's character, like, says, like, I think this is going to end badly, or I think this is eventually going to end badly for us. And he says that, like, four or five times. And I think that the characters kind of react. I'm pretty sure... Uh, you know why he says that, right? In every Star Wars movie ever, like, the number one most associated line is, I've got a bad feeling about this. Well, I didn't get that. Get that. I did get the other Star Wars reference with the keychain or whatever. But, um, in the car, his car, when he enters in the car, the sound you're hearing is actually a Star Wars speed bike. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you for, thank you for, uh, educating me on that. That's a, that's a cool little fact. Like, come on. Like, they, they went so far with the joke that if you're paying enough attention, it's like, okay, the sound when his, his little electric car pulls up is the, the, the speed bike from Star Wars. He's got the little Star Wars keychain, and then, like, the, ah, oh, this is not going to go well. is is so clearly a, a, a knock at, I've got a bad feeling about this. I think that overall, uh, there are other lines, too. Like, when they first hear the song, The, the Dead song. Don't Die, yeah. he, he goes, says, well, what is that? Oh, it's the theme song. It's the theme song. And then it's just dropped. So, like, that, you know, there's kind of, it's kind of some eeriness to it. Like, wait, what is happening? Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, <laughs> it's not that I didn't not like this movie. I, I will say that, um, I think it left me, it was, it, strangely, it was kind of comforting. Like, um, I liked my time watching it. It was kind of like overcast yesterday. So, you know, it's like, I, I love Halloween. I love zombies. Uh, and so it was a you know a great uh theme for me a great uh premise and kind of the slow pace was it just made you feel like you were just it's kind of like a video game where like okay you're just in this you're just in this town and that's your your point is to kill these zombies um you know what comparison i really thought of for this and this is weird but um you know how like every theme park ever everyone from disney to six flags right has that one ride that is basically like the little boat ride you get on and then like you go through and you shoot laser laser guns at the little circles oh yeah yeah. what yeah. i could like yeah. i thought of like this so so where i grew up in the st louis area six flags st louis had the scooby-doo ride 
And it was just, you were basically unexplicably dropped into this Scooby-Doo episode, right? And you shot the ghost. Like, that's almost what, tying into what you're saying, that's almost like what I think of as a comparative for this movie. Like, you're just kind of inexplicably, like you said, kind of like a video game or something where you're just inexplicably dropped in to the story and you're just in the setting and that's you're just experiencing that world for that brief amount of time and then you get off the ride, right? Yeah. No, that yeah, I agree. So can we also talk about the really blatant joke at um Bill Murray's expense of uh weren't you supposed to retire? Yeah, two years ago, because it was like right after he had announced his retirement, and legitimately about two years after he does this movie. So yeah, I mean those those are funny. I think uh, I earlier I said I didn't like laugh. I, what I meant is like I didn't laugh out loud. There were like chuckles, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it goes with the Ted the deadpan humor, kind of the uh, subtle. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's not empty. It's not vacant. It's kind of just glazed over. It's what we were talking about at the beginning. Um, But yeah, I mean, some of the deliveries of the lines are pretty good. I wrote down, like, Adam Driver's character says, like, there's a line she's like, he says, uh, she's Scottish? Like, that's pretty funny. Um... He also... I I also like the way he says ghouls. Like, when he's describing... When he's and that's the other thing about the movie is like he knows right away what it is and that's the thing is like there's just no urgency. I mean they're they're all like freaked out they're all like creeped out and I I really do like because you know comedy comes in threes I do like the scene where uh, all three of the officers go in into the diner uh, one by one it's the same <laughs> shot it's the same reaction shot and they and they all come out was and, it a, was it a wild animal yeah a pack of wild animals yeah yeah he says that they all say that like three times yeah. Um, so that was good, but, um, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it it was interesting, I thought what was really interesting is that the whole town just decided it was zombies before anyone really saw a zombie, because I, I, I wrote down that, like, we, the main characters don't actually, uh, physically see a zombie until the one hour mark. So, like, halfway through the movie, more than halfway through the movie is Over when... Over halfway through. At right. that point, there's only 45 minutes left, and that yeah. includes the credits. Yeah. And so, like, everyone everyone in the town that has seen a zombie prior to that died. Dies. And And that's the other thing is, like, even the deaths are just, like, so... It's anticlimactic. It's like, oh, you know, the cliche, like, I'm looking this way as I'm heading out the door, and you can see in the background the zombies coming up to me, and then... I don't know. I just thought there wasn't much urgency. That's why I keep going back to the pace was just, it was just kind of like, you're just, you're just doing, you were just going. It, it was a legit, it was as slow a slow burn as I've ever seen in a movie. But do like, you, do you, I, I agree. Do you think it paid off? Do you think the mm, ending was worth it? It's mm, a good question. Um, for me, it, it depends. See, here's why I struggle to answer this question. Because it depends how you want to look at it. So I have kind of a, a few ways of thinking about it. So on the one hand, if I take this movie at its at its value that it's telling me, right? I don't want to say at its face value, but essentially if I take this movie for what it's supposed to be, which is just this 
social commentary, philosophical commentary on on society today and how we're all just like wasting our lives, right? And it's all pointless and none of it matters. Um, because, I mean, for God's sake, one of the things about these zombies is that they start going back to things they were doing in their original life. So there's like a scene where they're breaking out their cell phones all going Wi-Fi, like trying to find internet. So like it's so blatantly clear about its social commentary. And so if I go and I take that and I understand what it was that this was trying for, then I can say actually, yeah, it does pay off because the ending of this movie is is – is achieving what the movie is set out for, which is to be the the ultimate middle finger, the ultimate joke. This is the hey, you just spent you invested this time, no matter no matter how invested, but you at least sat down and invested this time and once again, just like everything else, it was pointless. Um and it doesn't make sense. So from that perspective, yeah, the ending paid off. From the perspective of just being a casual viewer though, who doesn't want to walk in because I recognize that not a lot of people other than people like me that studied extensively philosophy in college probably are going to be interested in that kind of like philosophical conversation around this. Um, like this is a movie that I could see none of our listeners are going to get this, but that I could see it, Martin from Drake teaching a class <laughs> on like, um, as a casual viewer, no. The movie's a fucking train wreck of, like, storytelling and and clarity. Like, how have we talked for what? We've, we've been recording for probably close to 30 minutes now, right? Um, and we haven't even talked about the elephant in the room. Why? Because at this point, like, it doesn't even fucking matter. But Tilda Swinton's character, we didn't even touch on her. Do you know what... Uh... Do you know what that reminds me of? That scene? What? When she what? she just gets taken up in that U- UFO. Uh, <laughs> the second season of American Horror Story! <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, that, that season was a masterpiece until the last bit about aliens. But um, also, another uh, cool little Easter egg tying it into uh, American Horror Story is that Chloe Sevigny was uh, played Mindy. And I really do like her. I think she honestly was one of my favorite performers, maybe not uh, characters, but performers just because she was showing, she was showing emotion mm-hmm. throughout most of it. Um, whereas I think that uh, Bill Murray's character did at the end. And that's why I was like, I was most invested at the end when they were in the car. And it was between Adam Driver and Bill Murray. And the question that everyone's been wanting to know, like, what is going on is kind of answered. And it's so subdued. It's kind of just subtle and gloomy and, and somber. And, yeah, I guess, like, okay, uh, Adam Driver got the whole script by Jim, uh, from Jim, and uh, Bill Murray only got his scenes. So how does it end? Well, that UFO wasn't supposed to happen. So kind of going back to, like, nothing matters. Like, I guess we'll just go fight zombies I guess that's a cool ending, but we don't win. And I guess what you what when you were talking, it did remind me of like we were talking about like everything in this uh, movie feels like lowered and uh, understated uh, and dreary, except for <laughs> the message it was trying to say, which is so heavy-handed. And 
I, I don't know if it works for me, but I did just, I felt a little, uh, I don't know, I felt like a little bit of hope that it was going to, I don't know, I just don't, I didn't think, I don't think I liked the ending, but like I said, it was something I would put in the background for sure, and just like laugh at the funny little jokes, um, and just the whole like uh, environment uh, and the I really liked the vibe of just like going and going around and killing zombies. Um, kill the head. Kill the head. It's funny when like char characters are like, "Oh, uh, what's that on your shoe?" And it, <laughs> they look down and you know, it's just it, it's too easy to kill these things. Yeah. Um, no. <sighs> That's the thing. It's like this movie was absolutely made for an exceptionally specific audience. Um the fact that it got a wide release is incredible. Uh, and what makes that even more incredible is this is, at least at the the last I checked, the only film this director has had that has ever had a wide release. So, why would that occur? Clearly it was billed off of the star power. Um, and I don't think anybody in the... Uh, studio department looked much beyond that, to be honest, and they were like, yeah, send it out, why not? Um, but one of the reasons that I think this movie feels like, at the very beginning you said you felt like, you know, it had just come out like a month ago, but it's from 2019, I think that's exactly why, though. Um, because this movie came out with, which is so perfect, it plays into, again, the the, the theme of this movie, without any real fanfare, it it ran a couple weeks of ads and then it just kind of it went to theaters ran for a little while and then went away and nobody like it was one of those things that nobody talked about in a good or a bad way right like there's this vague memory of well there were mixed responses and again something that intentional or otherwise was so fascinating and that it played in perfectly with the Again, the themes of this movie just being a very casual, essentially, fuck you. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to talk about with this movie. And honestly, like, I'm glad uh, you had me watch it because one of my favorite things um, about when I go to see a play or watch a movie or uh, watch a TV show with my friends is just the conversation afterward. Um, the conversations afterwards. So... I, I really think I could talk about this movie for hours. I really do. Um, but yeah, it's... I And I guess that... I guess it was a success uh, in that aspect because, you know, it's... it's We talked about before, there are there are things that just feel consumable where you just, you just watch it and then you never talk about it again. And I watched this movie yesterday and I thought I was ready to talk about it. And then... <laughs> and then I just thought about it for another day and yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like, do I really like it? Do I not really like it? And that that other that also goes to what you were saying about like, you can like a movie. You know, it can be uh, an enjoyable movie or a fun movie, but also at the same time a bad movie. And it's funny because like, in college. Uh, I would say, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I would say that like it felt like ninety percent of the movies that you talked about or we watched together you would come away with something good to say about it and you would say oh yeah it's a good movie 
Um, obviously, there are movies yeah. that you were really high on that you just loved, but there were very few that you actually said, no, that's a, that's a bad movie, um, or I didn't like it. And so I don't know if I've ever had uh, a movie that has affected me so much that is, you know, that has all these issues with the script and is such a turnoff for some people. Um, and the other, th right. the other thing about how it feels like a niche movie is like I totally, I, it just feels like this could be like a cult classic in a, in a decade or something. Just, just because like we talked about how it went under the radar. Um, no one really knows about it or if they do, they just remember maybe seeing a trailer. Um, but yeah, I could see people coming back to watch this movie and the diehard horror fans or the diehard yes. uh, stale comedy spoof people uh, will really, really like this. No, I could I, I could absolutely see that, man. I could absolutely see that. This movie was essentially, intentionally or otherwise, like this movie was built to be that cult classic. That, that yeah, it's going to be them. It's going to be them damn Gen Zers. They're going to go out there and find this movie when they're all in their mid-30s and, and bring it back. Um, and then they're going to instill it into their kids. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so not really, uh, not really on that vibe at all. But one thing that I would be remiss if we didn't reference was, um, did you catch the joke when I think all three of the officers were in the car and Adam driver's character leans out of the car and takes the zombie's head off? Um, did you catch the joke of that, that zombie? Um, I don't know if I remember. So the zombie that they take his head off uh, in the car scene is dressed just like Bill Murray's zombie from Zombie Land. Oh, that's funny. So yet another little, you know, fourth wall kind of jab there at the reality. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't get that, but just going back to what I was saying is like, I, all these people, you know, it's another horror movie trope of like. Oh, what are we gonna do? Let's choose the worst decision. Um, it's kind of like that yeah. Geico, that Geico commercial is like, why don't we just go to the running car? And th and that's the funny thing is because you know right at the beginning, as soon as the zombies start coming out uh, of the graves, and basically like Ronnie and Cliff are just in the car the whole movie, and you know they're they're gonna survive till the end because everyone else is locking themselves up. Or just like nope. trying to defend their house, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw rolling down the window and you know saying, "Hey, slow down, I got this," and just like not even trying, like no effort yeah. at all. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Um, speaking of the end and surviving, so only two characters in the whole movie survive, right? That would be Tilda Swinton's character who is an alien oh yeah uh, gets abducted by aliens i guess befriends aliens like i don't know um and hermit bob and hermit bob what, what do you what do you think that message is uh like what did you take away from the fact that those are the only two characters that survive i really have no idea what to process of of the ufo i really yeah uh <laughs> i'm not even going to I think if there's any meaning, it's what you were saying is, oh, there's no meaning. meaning. And uh, so I, I don't know <laughs> if I even want to try to attempt to solve that. I will maybe say that with uh, 
with Hermit Bob, I guess, like, if you're going back to the very beginning of the movie, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Steve Buscemi's character, Frank, is, like, accusing him of stealing his chickens. Yeah. Um, and the officers, it, it is alluded uh, with their dialogue that this happens all the time. And when are they just going to bring him in? Like, you know, they put... They pulled a he pulled a gun on us, uh, yeah. so why can't we just arrest him? And I guess the the only thing I can pull away from that is what you were talking about with you know everything. It's a material world we live in, this capitalistic society of just wanting stuff and more stuff. Kind of his uh, voiceover narration at the end, um, and I guess you could talk. This brings up the conversation of class and poverty, but like he. He's just living in the woods. He doesn't own any of these things. And if he died, like, what would he be saying? What would be his thing that, you know, like, I don't know if he'd have anything. I don't know what your uh, opinion is. And maybe that's totally off. Interesting. But. No, I find it interesting that you, you think this invokes class politics. Um, I guess I could see that, but definitely not what I thought of at first. Um, what did you, what did you interesting. think? Interesting. Cause I don't. No, I mean I think I think you I think you nailed a lot of a lot of where I was at, right? Like this is obviously whether or not you agree or disagree with the message, this is a message against consumerism, right? Um, you know this is against materialism, like, and yeah, I think that it is significant that uh, Hermit Bob's the only character that survives because yeah he's and and let's be clear other than just not being obsessed with materials he's not really a good person either <laughs> like he's kind of presented as being a piece of shit um so it's not even a message of like oh be a good person in that way but like just don't be so just so destructive through your own uh desire to possess mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. right um which again you don't I, I i'm not saying you have to agree or disagree with that um philosophy i i certainly have my feelings um as do i'm sure you jack but uh yeah the ufo thing <laughs> other than yeah i think just being once again that reinforcement of there is no point whatever just take it ride with it um, especially because for, for the most part, you know, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but the only character that really recurringly breaks the fourth wall is Adam Driver's character, Ronnie, right? Like nobody else really like directly recurringly does it. You could argue that Cliff does a couple times, um, and especially there at the end, but like, I just find it interesting that they made Ronnie the primary carrier of that. Yeah. Well, and... They tell him that he's like, he's always what 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 did I think? Um, Chloe Seventy's character says like, oh, you just uh, Ronnie, you just always feel so controlled, like you always just feel like so uh, fine and like contained. Um, because yeah, at the end, even Cliff starts freaking out because, and that's what surprised me that shift because I feel like everyone was just going through the motions and kind of acting like a robot in a way. Yeah. I think yeah. there are def like even I don't know I think the like Selena Gomez's character right the, she comes in to town with her hipster friends yep. they go to they go to a, a 
a store, um, gas station to fill up on gas, and then they ask, oh, can we stay the night? Is there a motel in town to stay the night? And then they're told, like, hey, uh, kids, don't go out and play because zombies are out. But then they followed those instructions where they just stayed in the motel. You don't even see the zombies eat Selena Gomez and her friends. You don't even see that. I guess you could say that, like, yes, uh, we do see her character die when Ronnie goes in and, like, makes sure that they're not going to come back to life. Um, but I don't know. Just the, <laughs> like, I don't want to say disrespect to those characters, but, like, and then also going back to um, the kids, like, that's that storyline uh, with, what is it, Olivia, Stella, and, and Geronimo? Like, I'm pretty sure there was a scene of them escaping and then just nothing. Yeah. No, nope. Yeah. So they might they might still be alive. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to guess not, but maybe. I mean, but... Did we see them in the last battle scene? Did you see those kids as zombies? I don't, I don't think so. So you got me there. I think... I'm just saying, like... Uh, <laughs> this movie is going to drive a lot of people crazy. I'm thinking of people like Dustin. That, like, oh, he... <laughs> fucking hate this well movie. i'm just think i i wish he was here because i wish he were here because i just like i do think it's pointless but i do find things enjoyable from this movie i keep saying over and over and over again and there's something that keeps pulling me back i don't know what it is i think it's a mixture of the actors um and kind of just like the the feeling of it but i don't know like here's my thing is <laughs> If you acknowledge that this is a movie, like, I think it would have been more... It's almost... I don't know what's better. I kind of was hoping, like, you would... if you When you do that, then you go all in and you show, like, the film crew. Because, like, it just yeah. feels so weird yeah. if the actors have a script, but they're not, like, But no other people are interacting. I yeah, they're you. not... There's not a camera. There's not a director. Are they just, like, rehearsing in the middle of this field with zombies? Like, I don't know if that matters. I don't think Jim Jarmish cares, cared about that. Uh, he did not obviously care about the storylines that just went nowhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like you said, it's just a big fuck you, I think. Um, I don't know. What? what else um what what movie is a bigger fuck you jack this or sausage party i would rather watch this you're so. goddamn right yeah, yeah sausage sausage party is not my thing i saw it once and then i don't think i'll ever see it again this yes. one that's the thing is i will i will watch this again i will yeah. i'm telling you that now which is rare for you um, and i'm glad you yeah it is rare uh but, I mean, I watched Chinatown twice. I watched Uncut Gems twice. Um, I said I'd watch The Holiday again. But, yeah. Here's, here's another question I have for you. Um, conspiracy or pure blind luck that this shit show movie comes out uh, not too far before 2020, which was a shit show <laughs> year? <laughs> Are you saying that this caused? Hey, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying it's a pretty interesting correlation there. Yeah, don't you I, think? I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna comment. All I'm gonna say is that it just feels like 
it feels like this either came out yesterday or like five years ago. And uh, on top of that, I don't want to like, because uh, you might have had some, something to say about uh, conspiracy theories. So I won't interrupt you. Go ahead. What did you want? No, to say? no, 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 no. I was absolutely not. Like I don't buy a conspiracy <laughs> theory that this is responsible. I will say that I do feel like though this would be the movie that um, if you know one day my little nieces and nephews or something like ask me um what what the year 2020 was like like this is the movie i would show them <laughs> like because <laughs> because i feel like we talk about this movie in a lot of the same ways that we talk about the year 2020 uh and that man that was really pointless a lot of stupid <laughs> shit that made no sense happen uh, but I, I did have some good times that I like to reflect on every now and then. <laughs> Maybe. And I don't know why, but the further I get from it, the more fondly I remember it. <laughs> like, it I'm also, just saying. <laughs> it also feels like, uh, a, like a week versus like 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. time, the time, like what, what this movie was like an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45 minutes. With sometimes credits. it felt like, uh, a 20 minute short. And sometimes it felt, sometimes it felt like a three hour movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll say this. There was a point when I was watching the movie and I got distracted. Um, I think it was something with my dog and like, I came back and I was like, Oh man, like how much did I miss? Uh, and I like hit the rewind on it and I had missed like three minutes of movie, but I felt like I had missed so much because the scene that was happening was so disjointed from what had been occurring whenever I had last been like paying attention. So I think that again goes back to that, you know, why it feels like an anthology in some ways. Yeah. Everything about this movie is just so, and Jack, you're probably going to laugh at this because of some off offline conversations we've had but it's just so nebulous the time the timeline and like they established from the beginning like oh you can't even rely on like well it's daylight or sunlight oh yeah um that was or weird. nighttime because the time's off like the timeline is so wonky you have you have even within the film like it's presumed pretty clearly that this probably all occurred within one night quote unquote but like you really don't know because at times it feels like it's only been a couple hours since the last incident and at other times it feels like it's been forever since they've you know and they're just kind of continuing to experience this and the progression doesn't make sense and then the movie itself again because of that pacing like at times you're like oh man this is i feel like we're being really snappy and then all of a sudden you're just like dang i feel like i've been watching this movie forever <laughs> yeah i mean the the characters even comment on like oh it's already six o'clock or something like that. And it is yeah. because of the the daylight, which I did think that was a cool uh, element. I really did like that. And that's why I, th I think I think the first act of this movie is really strong. Um, I was just thinking it would amp up. I thought it would just uh, have some rising action. And it was gradual. It was there. It, but it was just slow burn gradually. And then, yeah, it's like every – that's what I'll say is every – and I guess that's kind of like a horror movie is what is the goal is to escape or kill this entity, this villain, this uh, antagonist. And so with zombie hordes, you can separate people and everyone's trying to do the same thing. Just live and know. Well, we talked about two people do. Um, 
and potentially three more if we're gonna maybe we're gonna pretend that there's any world in which those kids survive yeah um going back to your uh your word nebulous is like that's what i also really like about this movie and i'll comment is that it is very anachronistic Ooh. uh meaning i don't know if you caught this but like this town uh like, I guess I'll lead with a question. When do you think this movie was set, John? Oof. Oof. That's a good question. Um, 2010. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good guess. And honestly, I would have said any guess is good because, like, this town listens to so much radio. Like, who listens to radio anymore? There were, like, three or four scenes of people turning on the radio um we talked about the car and how it's a classic old car it's, it's legitimately um, the car from um night of the living dead uh yeah yeah uh but like <laughs> no one cranks or turns through stations anymore everyone right. just clicks so right. going back to the radios um you know they're listening to cds who listens to cds anymore um yeah. There were a bunch of computers, but you never really knew, like, what era, like, how old or new the computers were. Same thing with the TVs. There were some new TVs. There were some old TVs. Um, and with the phone thing, it's like, yes, people had smartphones, but they never worked. And honestly, like, the broadcast right. of the TV uh, never really came in that well. And so all I'm saying right. is that uh, there was, I think, in one of the opening scenes with Frank, Frank was wearing a uh, Keep America White Again shirt or keep america yes. white hat hat that's what it was um so i guess in this universe trump or some politician like trump got elected uh which would mean i i don't know maybe in this universe you know back in 2004 there was a trump like president all i'm saying is you don't know uh where when this is you don't know where this is is it what centerville yes just a just a town in the middle of nowhere uh i don't even know if we get a state maybe we do um you get some indications that it's like pennsylvania i think they looked at the yeah i think it's pennsylvania because they looked at the plates uh selena gomez's plates is from uh ohio they're like oh it's i think it's ohio because they were like oh i bet they're from pittsburgh yeah and adam driver's like well looking at the plates i bet it's cleveland yeah yeah which like that's just that's the humor. That's the humor is they say something and it's I think it has a lot to do with the delivery. I think Bill Murray is also like obviously like a king of comedy and delivery. Um I think I don't know, just going back to like the other characters, it didn't really didn't really work for me. In a way it kinda of felt like the actors were playing themselves, which maybe you're saying is the point. And I mean if like do you think that um do you think Jim, the director, gave the script to anyone else? Or do you think it was just supposed to be a movie about Ronnie and Cliff? Or do you think everyone's in on it? Ooh. Um, I think everyone's in on the joke. I think everyone's in on the joke. Hmm. Now, I think, though, everyone's in on the joke, but that doesn't mean that everyone had the scripts. Okay. Like, think about that what that experience would be like right like you get these world-class actors like these people you know can do it um 
and you give one of them a complete script and not only tell him it's the complete script, but like you make that known to everyone else. Like, Hey, only he has a complete script. Um, or maybe you don't even tell everyone else, right? Like you just give everyone part of the script. Um, and then you just kind of explain the premise of like, all right, so all of you kind of have your own parts and you just got to figure out how to make it work. But then Adam driver is over there with the complete script. And he's just kind of, that's why he is so nonchalant and just exceptionally deadpan with everything. Cause he is literally there just to bump things in the right direction. It's almost improv, but it's guided improv. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's even a line about improv. Uh, and, and maybe that's giving this movie and this director way too much fucking credit, but well, I think I, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good observation. I think Ronnie, uh, or sorry, Cliff does have a line if i'm remembering correctly where he's they're driving because they're always driving and he says something like what is this improv are we improvising here and that is one of the earlier seeds where you're like something's off something's not right i mean obviously you have the uh the daylight um factor um right i don't know i this movie was (laughs) the more i talk about it the more i like it but going yeah, I don't know. Exactly. That's what this movie does to you. Because that's what it did to me. I remember walking out and being like, eh. And then the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, and the more I go back and see it, which this is only the second time I've seen it, the more it pulls me in. And maybe that's because this movie is just a masterclass and being the ultimate like middle finger and that it is just like, well, clearly there has to be more meaning. So maybe that's why it pulls me in. But – and and maybe there is, maybe there isn't, I don't know, but man, I'm gonna, let me ask you this. Is there anything else you definitely want to hit on? Like any other points you want to bring up? Um, let me check. I, I don't think so. Um, like I said, I could talk about this movie forever, but it would just be talking in circles and kind of trying to get at what you just said is like, why does this movie make me feel like I need a meaning? And that maybe that's just commentary on every movie or every piece of art. Like, are we supposed to take away something? Going back to what I said, uh, the the last podcast is like, there are times when uh, a director has a, a message or a theme in mind, and that's what you're supposed to get from it. But also uh, the other end is what are you receiving? What are you coming up with? What are you uh, calculating from this experience? And so I think, like you said, I think Jim Jarmusch does not care. I mean, he might, but I I really do think a lot of directors, writers, producers, uh, they put it out into the world, and then (laughs) this is what what they want us to do. They want us to discuss it. (laughs) And it would be a fail if we just walked in the theater saw it walked out and never never said anything about it again i completely agree i completely agree this is a, a movie that i could see being in like a, a part of a college class um if and like so like i took a class from a, one of my degrees um that was all about horror horror movies right and like this is a movie i could see fitting in well with that kind of a class going back to that cult classic theme um <clears throat> and it does prompt me to, to uh, I think, a movie that you and I are going to have to do together um, as p- almost a juxtaposition to, to this, our comments on this movie. 
with the idea that it's it's okay that that the the director you know just kind of put it out there and doesn't give a shit what we think about it right but like wants us to talk about it the director is just like he put it out there the whole point was just to get conversation it doesn't matter what that conversation is right um does that mean that this director can be equated to um Oh my gosh, how did I just blank on his name? The guy that made The Room. Oh, Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Because Tommy Wiseau did the same thing, did he not? Okay, I will <laughs> I will be honest. I have yet to see The Room. I know, I know. Um, oh, that's fine. I don't think I... I've ever watched the whole thing all the way through. Did you see The Disaster Artist? Oh, I absolutely did. That okay, was a great so I have... See, I haven't seen either. Um, oh. I going back to that being a cult classic like people like watching that movie because it's bad and that's the joke so yes i get what you're trying to compare it to maybe we should watch it because i've never seen it um i think though it's different because like that was his first movie mm -hmm. and like the joke was that everyone on the crew knew that like this was gonna be bad i right. don't know I, I think, like, you know, Jim Jarmusch is, like, an established filmmaker. And, yes, his – I think, like – I haven't seen any of his films. But what I am uh, what I am gaining from looking at his uh, filmography and I kind of, like, talked to Thomas about this is he, these, this is what his tone is has always been. Yeah. And so this is his goal, um, whereas I think – and maybe I'm wrong, but I think Tommy – really thought it was going to be the best movie ever oh absolutely no i completely where agree. jim might think no he he knows what he's doing i think i don't know no i think that's fair I, I i actually very much agree with you i think that these are two incredibly different situations um well that's i mean that's really all i got so i guess with that unless you had anything else what uh oh i i guess i do oh, have let's one hear more. it let's hear it uh talking about spoofs um have you seen and what are your thoughts on Mel Brooks films like Young Frankenstein, oh, I, Blazing I, Saddles? I, I love Mel Brooks. Spaceballs. Spaceballs, the movie. I, I love, yeah, I grew up at a really young age. My parents showed me those movies um, and I was, you know, laughing uh, at the slapstick stuff. I didn't understand any of the jokes, but, um, but yeah, this, I don't know. It, so I'm not knocking spoofs. I think spoofs are just a very particular movie. You have to go in with the right mindset. That's the other thing is like, I think people who see spoofs, like if you're sitting in a theater and you don't know it's a spoof, you're going to be so upset. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think uh, the, the, the purpose of a spoof is to, in the trailer, say, we're going to be making fun of this genre or we're going to be making fun of this theme or premise. Um, and that's why you want to go. Um, I'll agree to that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say about this movie. We, it's, it's, it's rising in my rankings as we talk about it. There you go. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, you know why? You know why that's the case here, Jack? Tell me. Because the dead, the dead don't die, buddy. <laughs> this movie just keeps coming back and better than ever. <laughs> so what are what's 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 your official score then, Mister Davidson? What's your official score? Uh, man. I've been thinking about this long and hard. Uh, usually I don't have to think about it 
for this long, but I think I'm going to settle on a seven because there are some days I feel like this movie is more of a six and I feel like there are times when this feels like an eight. Um, so I'm just going to go right in between and say a seven. Maybe when I was watching it, uh, as I was watching it, it was lower, more of like a five or a six. Um, but after a good conversation with a good friend, yeah, seven, because like I said, I, I have, uh, said before that, uh, part of my ranking system is kind of, uh, it's connected to like rewatchability. And so if I yeah. never want to watch this movie again, I'm probably not going to rate it that high. Or I, I might because – but but that's the point is I just don't rewatch movies. And like I said, I I would rewatch this because it has such a – like I, I could see myself watching this at Halloween time. I, I could see myself watching this uh, with other friends and showing them. Um, and yeah, there's just something that keeps pulling me back. Like you were saying, it's just – it's not gonna die it's not gonna stay dead um and another bigger thing is the the like conversations that come with it because i was really even if i didn't love this movie i was really excited to jump on and talk to you about it yeah man um i agree with a lot of what you had to say there i have been thinking about this so much um and i was finding myself really torn between two scores but i think i i think i'm just gonna have to give it the one that just I'm really pulled to right now, uh, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. Give it a nice solid seven. Um, I was really caught between like a six point five and a seven because I agree. I think that there are times that this movie feels like it is definitely in that like, oh, you are just barely better than halfway. Uh, but then there are also times when this movie is like, but man, it is doing some of these things so well. Um and i agree i think the more distance you get between you and it that first viewing um the more it, it you just start to realize like it doesn't again it doesn't have to be in and of itself a good movie but it is such a platform for so many good conversations this is a movie that was built to be in the film study class like because there are so many things that are done super well and then so many things that are done like so over the top um i think back to like and and this is something that maybe not a lot of people will get maybe maybe you won't either jack but like i think back to that like 80s 90s era of wrestling at like the peak of like hulk hogan and and road warrior and macho man randy savage right like these over the top characters like there are moments of that in this movie too where it's like this is so like egregiously over the top played up um so i yeah at the end of the day i think it just it presents a lot of great conversation opportunity gonna have to give it a nice solid seven uh i'll i'll come back and watch it again too i don't know how long uh it was two years between me watching it first and second time um so we'll see what what second and third time brings did you think i was gonna like it what did you think I, was, I I didn't I know. I really didn't know, but I did. I did know that we were gonna have a good conversation. Uh, like you said, I was like, he'll be able to come out of that, and he'll want to talk about some things, whether it's him liking it or being really lukewarm to it. Um, that was more of what I felt. I was like, I feel like he's gonna be pretty lukewarm to it. Um, 
So I honestly thought you were going to give it like a five. I, I, I was honestly, when I was watching it the first time, I was thinking it. Um, but, oh, yeah. and I might have, I might have, yeah. I think if you asked me like right when the credits started rolling, I would have been like, oh, that's, this is a four. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, I, I will go back to what you were saying is like, I think you have a real um, uh, awareness and a, and a good um, feeling for like, select a good sense of like selecting movies uh even back with like dustin uh you just knew like what what would start good conversations even if you you had a feeling we wouldn't like it um i mean that's that's the whole that's the whole podcast it's just that's the whole point right right, let's have a let's have a good conversation we drink a little rum and talk a little lot of talk a lot of movie talk a lot of movie (laughs) so Uh, Well, with that, I want to give a really quick shout out here um, to Potato Lady Pod Reviews. Um, Her and her husband do a podcast, Not Again Pod, at Not Again Pod on Twitter. Um, She has no idea I'm doing this, so if she ends up uh, not wanting me to do this, we'll cut this part out. But um, she, she does reviews of podcasts. She expresses through some really cool artwork. Uh, and she, we had the privilege of, of making it onto our list and getting a, a review. Uh, and we did see a spike in some listeners. So hopefully those folks carried over to this episode as well. And if you did, I uh, hope you stick around. Uh, with that, though, I think we can call it. So, Jack, once again, thanks for being on. Look forward to having you again soon, buddy. Thank you very much. Bye.